0: Hello everybody, Uh, I'm Steve Ed, VP of Sales for Ebster. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Sales Leadership All Access, our weekly broadcast dedicated to helping sales leadership. This week we're looking at the highs and lows of a career in sales. How do you lead when things go wrong, Uh, when to seek help, when to intervene, how to pick yourself up and how success can bring its own set of challenges. And uh, we've got a great Um, set of guests with me today so we've got Lauren Cartini Uh, she's the founder of Adaptive Leadership uh, sorry founder of Self Science Lab and is adaptive leadership coach Uh, we've got Dale Dupre founder of Sales Rebellion and host of the Selling Local podcast and Chris Hatfield founder and coach Sales Psyche and host of the Not Another Sales podcast welcome to you all thanks
1: for having us No problem.
0: So today we're sort of leading. Was kind of the lens we're looking through is the sort of highs and lows of life in in sales, and I think it's well documented the sort of this picture of the highs that the salesperson smashing their target. Um, Sometimes we don't talk very much about the lows and the uh, the hard knocks that go through. So we'll see where we get to. But I thought I'd start off with um, maybe a question to you, Dale. Um, It's a big, broad question, but let's see where we go with it. How do you stay motivated and keep your team motivated during a sales storm and and by that I'm sort of probably talking about this 2020 but we obviously have sales storms um, on a more regular basis in some places
2: yeah I like quite honestly I feel like I've had worse sales storms in my career than what I've experienced in 2020 but I have also been helping teams that are having terrible experiences you know, during this time of everybody that they're selling to locking their doors, going home, getting you know, being difficult to get a hold of those types of things. So I, I feel the pain of what salespeople are going through right now. I think there's a couple of things to focus on, but well, one and that's important is that you know, like the ping pong table doesn't work anymore at this point, and you know, and and really it was just a mask anyway, like having this kind of fake culture that creates some kind of effort toward having fun in the workplace, but. But we can have fun with our actual work, I think is what a lot of people are missing out on. And, you know, sort of stay motivated with teams and even during this time is it's, yes, communication is extremely important. So making sure to streamline it to some capacity, Nobody wants a million Slack messages, but if there's good conversation happening, if there, if it's being led and not just random and not just talking politics because it's election season, all these little things, but but very structured and, and very adventurous types of communication that's happening in, in between the team, that it'll keep them motivated, but also through the sales efforts and habits as well too. So, you know, cause all throughout the, the, the year of 2020 during the pandemic, doing a blitz per se is not like something that gets people motivated because halfway through the blitz, no one has an appointment. No one's really talked to anybody and everybody's sitting back just kind of frustrated and, and lacking that motivation. So, but there are things that you can do inside of there to find those wins creativity, the idea of, of being a little bit more outside the box and the way that we create copy and the way that we send video and the way that we're putting things in the mail, even to go back to the old school methods you know, of connecting with people. But really, most importantly, I think in all of this, it's helping salespeople find their identity during this time and remaining in that identity as well, too, and not ignoring it, not saying, I need you to make 150 more dials because we need more sales, but to say, what is it that's going to bring you fulfillment right now during this time, and how can I support that?
0: All right. I think that's an important that last bit. <laughs> particularly is this idea that you can't just smash the phone or smash emails out it's not just the point of just doing more 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 I think that that seems to be the sort of of things that I kind of pick up on. Uh, Chris have you um, so what's your view on this sort of how do you stay motivated and, and motivating your team?
1: Yeah I completely agree with everything that Dale mentioned I think for me a big thing is realizing that you're not always going to be motivated and that's okay It's like going, it's a bit of a wave, really, and accepting that. I think the moment you feel like I have to be constantly motivated and you're not, you then feel like, oh, I've lost lost what I had. Um, Whereas, as we know, like in general day-to-day life, you are going to have some really good days where you're going to feel on top of the world. And there are going to be some really terrible days where you feel like no one's going to pick up to me or no one's going to want to book an appointment with me. And I think it's just giving yourself permission and realising, and there's a great talk that Simon Sinek talks about called The Infinite Gamer, um, a bit more around this, around, you know, sometimes having that infinite mindset is realizing there is no definitive loss or win. It's more about going through waves and some days you're riding them, some days you're underneath them, but just don't dwell on wherever you are because you're not stuck there. And it will avoid that kind of complacency, but also that fear of when you do feel a bit under a wave to think I'm going to be here forever. So I think that's a big thing is just realizing and reminding yourself that you don't always have to feel motivated. And a lot of the time you're not naturally going to feel motivated so it's down to you to find those things to to make yourself feel that way when you aren't always naturally feeling it. And getting up and thinking, "Yeah, can't wait for today." Is well, what makes you motivated and do more of that consciously?
0: Yeah. Uh, and Lawrence, so sort of f- final po- points on that on the starting place of motivation.
3: Well, yeah, no, absolutely. Obviously, I you know echo with Dale's perception of you know, having to change the way of selling, right, potentially identifying an identity and find your own style and just differentiate yourself, right, I think that's really key and and it's not just a business thing, it does come down to your identity, if you're not comfortable doing something, like forcing yourself is not going to create great energy and you're not going to connect with someone, so I think doing that introspection and finding okay, cool, how can I do things differently but that's aligned with who I am, I think, you know, that's a really valid point. And I think down to Chris's point around infinite games, I love Simon Sinek and, um, you know, what you're talking about here is the fact everything's temporary in life. Everything is not going to stick and last. So, you know, like you said, understanding that you have waves up and down and also same with emotions, emotions coming in and out. So you know when we when we feel demotivated, if we're going to give it attention, give it energy, we're going to be stuck into that. We're going to feed it, and we're going to make it worse. And being able and this is where I think mindfulness comes in as well is being able to observe our thoughts as, okay, I'm demotivated right now, and be aware of it, and name it, and be okay with it, and then carry on right, and then eventually that that will go away, so this idea of temporary, um, you know, that that Chris uh, mentioned really aligns to me, I think, you know, for me as a leadership coach, what I've been doing is helping leaders help motivate their teams, right, and, you know, one of the things that I start with is very much helping make you know, them understand what motivates them, and, you know, because I think when you understand what motivates you, then it's easier to kind of and, and I, I don't just, you know, really mean introspection. Then you can really identify how different people are motivated differently. So, yes, I do agree, you know, with Dale, like it's up to you to find your way of motivating yourself. But at the same time, a leader can do more, I think, in terms of creating a space to try and, you know, help individuals understand themselves. Um, yeah. that, and and I think, um, you know, things like, for example, you know, can they ask questions around, can you identify what stress looks like for you, right? You're, when you're demotivated, what does that look like? And then be able to observe that and then track it. You know, a lot of salespeople might not be able to name, like when, I mean, we're, I'm talking about motivation and stress, but it's all very linked. But to name, you know, what happens when you're demotivated? What's the behavior? And so once you can catch that, then, you know, you can choose to act in another way. And so I think self-awareness, I guess, is my angle. I work with right. people to help. I that.
0: yeah I guess it, it's um I was going to say easy but maybe even lazy for leaders to go your only motivation is to hit that number and and if you hit that number then your world is is happy and I think that that's something that when times are tough and people aren't hitting that number it's like well that's that's your one no. only lever you've just taken away from and it's not even the right lever I guess in the first place so sort of moving on like I mean um we often talk about the positive um aspects of sales or, or they're sort of talked about a lot, but um we know um having been in sales roles, there are low points. So what what are some of the low points you think you could expect in a, in a career your career in sales? And like some people will be living this right now, there'll also be some some of the audience that are sort of just starting out. Um, maybe Chris to you.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, it, it can get pretty serious because I've, you know, if we're talking about sort of surface level stuff, of course, you're going to have times where you feel like is sales for me? Like, am I cut out for this? And of course that's a, that's a bigger conversation there about understanding exactly what's going on. But I think if, if people aren't, as, as Laura mentioned before, becoming more conscious of what's going on, you can go down that rabbit hole and it can lead to severe things like burnout, depression, um, Struggling with with your with your mental health quite severely. I mean, um, people in sales are three times more likely to suffer with their mental health uh, than people in and and the average stat is about one in four of us will suffer with our mental health at some point in our career. So that you know, pretty much nearly everyone in sales is going to experience it. Um, and I think a recent study by Uncrush last year said two in three sales reps are close to or experiencing burnout. So yeah it's it's a it's a rewarding industry and there is so much success to be had from it but at the same time there are there are so many threats around it
0: yeah i mean i think Dale, you wrote i was reading one of your uh, blogs i think from like last year some point about the the sort of the the enemy of sales that no one talks about and it's that rejection it's like um no one actually really talks to you about when people say no and how that feels for yourself is that Still ring true for you?
2: Yeah. I a long time ago I found the silent enemy of sales at the beginning of my career. And I kind of stepped into a booby trap in that I struggled with depression and I had tried to commit suicide at a young age as a teenager. And getting into sales, I didn't realize what I was walking into from the perspective of my mental health. And and really like let me break it down for people that when we say mental health you got to really get an understanding of this. It's identity crisis is what starts to happen is that you start to question, am I good enough? Why do people not like me? Why did that person just drop an F bomb in my face, you know, over me just stopping in and handing a business card. You know, there's a lot of things that start to roll through your head around who you are more so than just the interaction that's having. It can cut extremely deep. So The rejection side of it is just, it's almost like Chris was saying, it's like the surface level. When when someone's rejecting you or a group is rejecting you or, you know, you just can't get past a gatekeeper, it's frustrating, but it's a very small piece of the overall picture of what's happening. What happens slowly is, you know, if you allow it to control you, that you start hitting the bar after work, you start you know, not talking to your significant other the way that you used to, you know, because you're bottling things up and you're holding it all inside of the salespeople. were kind of taught to do that as well through leadership. And I'm not saying that this is all leaders, but I've had my fair share. And I've experienced my fair share, you know, vicariously through my, my circles as well too, and heard all the horror stories that most people would on this, you know, listening to this webinar would drop their jaw at. It's some pretty wild stuff. But the point being that, you know, there's a bigger picture of mental health inside of sales that we don't talk about. And it's all the micros that lead to the macro of, of your own personal mental health that we, that we tend to run away from. We don't talk about how women are treated inside of a, a sales bullpen. We don't talk about how minorities are treated inside of a sales bullpen. We don't talk about who the sales leader is, their identity, and the way that they treat everybody that's underneath them. And because we don't have those tough conversations and try to work through them, I believe that it's just something that that's trickled down, and that it's it's unstoppable. And imagine what's happening right now with with the pressure of that leader that already gives you a hard time, or you don't hey you have a disconnect with being told by their leader that your sales department sucks right now, and you guys better pick up the slack because we're not selling enough, you know. And and then you go home and you can't have human interaction with your neighbors, with your family, with your friends for Thanksgiving in the states. I mean, there's so much that compiles in this. And, and salespeople need to be very aware of it and they need to understand why it's important to be transparent about the way they're feeling and, and to communicate constantly.
3: Absolutely, I yeah. bounce back on that.
0: Absolutely, I, I yeah. Really
3: is my, like That's you know, very aligned with that, right? About self-worth. I think the, the words I would use instead of identity, I guess, is more around self-worth, right? If you have a strong sense of self-worth, then it's easier to not be impacted by the rejection or, you know, by the politics going around or by the pressure. And I think, you know, all human beings, we're not equipped, we're not <laughs> to do with this, right? When we when we come out of school, come out of uni. Um, And I think in sales, it's just accelerates that kind of pressure mode, right? A lot of people, you're not in sales, you'll feel that pressure when you're in a senior job, potentially, right? And in sales, like, boom, straight away, like you have a target. And if you don't hit that after three months, you're out. I mean, that's kind of how it works. So if you're asking me, you know, I had 13 years in sales and, you know, in tech and, If you didn't hit your number after three months, you were on a PIP, you know, performance plan. And so when you ask, when I was kind of preparing, thinking what was the lowest point, I guess, for me, my sales career is, you know, I've been a top performer consistently every year, every month, right? All that time. And there was probably a couple of quarters when I worked in the company where I had to generate. It's like C-level. I generated it myself. There's no marketing department, outbounding. And then 18 months, or 12 month sales cycle, an annual number. So it's like, Quite heavy right a lot of rides on the back of that and there's a maybe two three people that weren't doing well and the vp of sales decides to put everyone on a pip right everyone he's like right to motivate everyone i'm going to motivate you we're all on a pip we're going to reorganize i'm going to reset and it's, this is going to like motivate you right so it's motivating through fear motivating through having to work harder and it's interesting because I mean for me it actually really helped me because I was like fuck this I'm not doing that sorry I just swore but (laughs) 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 I was like you know I was like you know I'm not you know I was like I I didn't want to you know your competitive aspect of sales you know you're like I don't want to be you know on the pip and I you know but the fact that I was and I shouldn't have been there was some sort of kind of unfairness to it. So I did deliver and I did close this big deal and I, you know, I was out of it, but what came out of it, I was like, I don't wanna work for this company anymore. You know, that was what came from it. I was like, if you're gonna motivate me through this kind of hard punishment and just put my job on the line and I'm actually doing the right things and it's actually a really tough job with, let, with no support, of the deal and then I found another job so you know I think that was my personal experience and, and, and I'm relating it back to today is that you know leadership coach working with sales leaders the ones I'm seeing thriving is the ones who are actually connecting with their own feelings There's the ones that are learning how to express their own feelings creating a safe space for people because if you hear your boss talk about their feelings and how they're dealing with things and what motivates them and take the time to understand how you're feeling, then yes, the salesperson, it's up to them, it's their responsibility to share how they're feeling, and what they need, right? But often that space doesn't even exist. You know, sales leaders will be like, cool, where's the number? Where's it coming? And it's just this relentless space. And I think there's more demand now with the virtual world to create space for the downtime of yeah, how how are you doing and creating meaningful relationships, I think is what's gonna really help identify, yeah, what what, what motivates you and get people to do that themselves.
0: I think it's worth noting I uh, like thinking about um, the pressures that are coming all the way down through from from top through through the VP and 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 into sales. I was like albeit for like small scaling businesses but i think the the revenue collective put out a number that's something like 15 or 16 months is the average tenure for a vp of sales in in a sort of startup scaling business i mean that alone (laughs) that you've kind of faced with um kind of uh, scary prospects um from the get-go and i guess if you talking about some of the things you guys have just been talking about if you're not equipped to deal with that it's really natural that that just moves down and keeps going down through
1: the whole business so. yeah i think that's that's definitely um a good point and something that maybe sometimes people use as an excuse without realizing is thinking i've got pressure from the top but i think it's your pressure to handle that's your role if you're a leader and a manager within a business you'd never expect if your uh, rep was uh, was saying to a prospect i got i got pressure from my manager to get this deal in this month would you be happy with them saying that no, so don't don't be saying exactly the same thing to them. That's your pressure yeah. to handle. You don't put it onto someone else. And I think, you know, to Dell's point earlier about all these unspoken pieces is that it's great. And you mentioned that it starts to around, you know, all the success we can have in sales. And when you come into a new company, you know, they talk about all the, the, the growth plan, the vision. This is what you can earn. But they don't talk as much about all the other stuff. And the problem with that is... You then start feeling that after three or four weeks, whether it's your first job in sales or you've changed industry and you start thinking, well, no one else has mentioned this. So I must be the only one feeling like this, which means I can't talk to anyone else and I'm the odd one out here. So maybe, maybe this isn't the right role for me. Maybe this isn't the right company for me. Whereas I feel like people just address the elephants in the room from the start a lot sooner and said, look, after two or three weeks or after, as Dale was mentioned earlier, after you get hung up on 20 times, this is how you're going to feel when you feel like that come and speak to me about it because you will feel like that Absolutely. or when you feel like this this is what
3: you're
0: yeah. doing yeah for sure i think that's that, that sort of moves us nicely into sort of that how do you seek help like what what's the the help you seek and and how do you do you do that um,
3: well i think if i can kind of i want to bounce back off what chris yeah. mentioned, but it's kind of an answer to that question i think it's you know what chris was saying is basically like by sharing that you're giving the permission to people to express their feelings and to know that it's okay. Right. Because like you said, if you think that, if you think I'm the only one, I'm not going to talk about it, but then if your boss is telling me, you, listen, you're likely to go through this and, and explain the darker side of sales. Right. And when you see that flag, it and don't let it impact and consume you, your own, you know, identity your own self-worth come talk to me about it. Right. And then if, if the leaders build a relationship of trust with their team, because that's the most important thing is a safe space, a place where they're going to authentically talk about how they feel. Then it will be easier for that person. And they've had permission. They've been given permission to come to them with, OK, you know that thing. Well, that's kind of happening. Can we talk about it? Right. Because I think there's definitely a co-responsibility of of that. There's a the leader creating a safe space. Say, hey, it's OK for you to come talk to me right it's not gonna put your job on the line because this is totally normal and i'd rather you tell me so i can help you do something about it then it causes performance issues and then it's also up to the individual to know and understand a little bit more about themselves and think about you know what what they need so i think it's a two-way thing really
2: i think we got to take more we got to invest more into people i think it's the big the bigger picture here and i love what's being said here because this is about being proactive instead of reactive. If you're reacting in the moment and going, oh yeah, about that, it's not gonna help. And preparing somebody for it is great too. I like the idea though of not just preparing somebody for what could possibly happen to them. And let, let me preface this also by saying that I had a mentee in, at the UCF Professional Selling Program, shout out to the, to the, to the Knights. Uh, sorry if you're anybody in here that's a different alumni. I'm not a UCF alumni, but shout out to the Knights. And his name was Omar. And I know he's, he's okay with me talking about this, but I told him multiple times, when you get into sales, you're gonna have it, your first ever encounter with the side of you that you didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. And be, because of the way that he was very positive and the person that he was, and, and I and, but I got deep with him and I asked him the questions. You ever struggled with anxiety? You ever been depressed? And when I say that, what comes to mind? Not just asking in a broad and general sense. And when I when I recognize and notice that this is a, really a kid, he's had a great life, and he's about to ruin it by going into a sales career. <laughs> you know, that, that 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 is that is also like stepping out of your element to to make sure that proactively you're having hard conversations with people before they ever get to that anxiety attack. And what happens when he had his first one? He calls me up immediately and he says, "What do I do?" And and in those moments too, because I've connected with them more than just as, you know, somebody that's a leader to him, but as his friend to say, hey, I want you to be a good boyfriend. I want you to to build a family. I want you to leave a legacy. I want more than just you to hit KPIs and quotas. I want this to be a part of your overall health and what it is that that's lasting inside of you know what it is that you're that you're building in the first place. Then people feel a better connection to you as a leader in those moments as well too, and they will come to you and they will tell you the things that are difficult because they know you're not going to say, well, you know, like let me help you get through this, but I got you got to make those 20 calls. Yeah. You got to make the, or I'm not going to be able I'm not going to be able to I'm going to have to talk to my boss and I'm not going to be able to keep you here. I'm going to have to fire you. I mean, like, that's not helpful whatsoever. We have to change the culture. We have to change it proactively. And we have to step out of what is, you know, the comfort zone of the old guard and the things that have been built and say, let's try it. Because we, we literally sit around this, this rule of instant gratification. And and Lauren talked about it just a second ago. Like, let's put you all on a pip for the next 90 or 30 days because you're 90 days in and your numbers suck. That's instant gratification. That's not what sales is built around. i have like 14 years in the copier world with the same company. And that's not because... I, you know, I I was hitting numbers at 30, 60, 90 days is because at the end of a year, I crushed it and I did it over and over and over again. But you're still gonna have bad months, you're still gonna have, you know, these slip ups. And and the only way to proactively approach this idea behind the identity of the salesperson is to take them out of their uh, the element of work and keep them in what what makes them unique and authentic at all times.
1: Yeah.
0: So sorry, go on, Chris.
1: I was just going to to build on top of uh, Dale's point there about that proactive piece. You know, you asked Steve around when you should seek help for this. And I think you should do it before it even feels like it needs to be help. And particularly, you know, when we're talking about mental, our mental health and wellbeing, do the same things, have the same conversations, even on the days you feel like a million dollars, even on the days, because so often it's like, you know, we, we know all these things, but we don't, we don't go and speak to someone or we don't feel like, we need to until we're kind of at our lowest point. And sometimes that can, that's why it's hard. That's why people find it hard to talk about how they're feeling because they're not used to it. And the first time they wanna talk about it is at their lowest point. They're like, how do I articulate this? How do I get this across? How do I, whereas if you have open up that line of communication from the off and you can talk to someone consistently, then you're more likely to be able to go, actually, do you know what? I don't feel myself today and, and, and this is exactly what I'm feeling and catch it before it comes to a point where people do feel like they've kind of entered this crisis mode around that and, and are struggling in a, in a bit more of a a mindset and a feeling and, and maybe suffering from things that are more longer term, but at that point.
0: And maybe to you, Chris, or, or you, Lauren, how, how does that apply to the the VP of sales or, or the sales leader? The, um, there isn't anyone more senior from a sales capacity that there's obviously they, they have their bosses. What, and let's, let's for argument's sake, put them into the old school category, Dale, that you sort of, you mentioned, what's the, what's the route for them? Is it is someone got to talk to them or is it until they talk to somebody else? It's that's something that, that sort of interests me. I, I, it makes a lot of sense going down into the team. Um,
3: Well, I guess from my perspective, I mean, when I talk about adaptive leadership, it's this idea that, you know, the leader better understand themselves so they can better recognize and adapt to to their team's singularities. Because very much with the power play of I'm the boss, you work for me, ultimately there's this underlying thing of you adapt to me, right? That's just kind of the unspoken, right? Relationship dynamic, Um, But if if a leader is willing to take a mindset of actually it's my job to adapt to you because different humans, you know, have got different personality structures that are motivated in different ways. And for example, someone that suddenly becomes a little bit quiet might not feel that drastic to someone, right, that's withdrawn a little bit. That might not be a big thing but if they're usually like super super social and super active then that is a major red flag and i think it's up to also the leader to responsibility to pick the change in behavior and in this virtual world it's so much harder because you're only coming in and out for specific objective so you're not seeing the behavior change you know by the coffee or he's not going for lunch or it's funny he's not usually you know late or all those kind of things there's so much information leaders are missing to be able to get the temperature of whether there's a change in mood or you know or levels of motive or just you know, level of stress because also people are scared of losing their jobs right now, right? So people are hiding things a lot. So I think the more you know leaders can just take on themselves to find that space, create compassion and care. And the more emotional intelligence at play right now, I think the more you know people are going to feel safe to express their feelings. And then together you can identify what is needed. Right. So that's kind of what, what I would say is, you know, if leaders can better understand themselves and that's where I guess coaching comes in and a third party, right, to help them with that. Then they're going to equip them a lot better to support, you know, one person is motivated by competitiveness. OK, cool. You do it that way. But someone else is, you know, motivated by feeling a sense of belonging. Right now, they're really suffering because they're at home on their own and they don't feel like they're part of a team. Right, other people might be motivated by social interaction and the buzz of the sales floor, that's gone, right? So everybody's different, and I think that's why for me a leader's job is to understand, you know, what motivates each individual and just help them help themselves around it, right? So it's not your responsibility one hundred percent to take it all on, but if you can be a bit bit more fine tuning, um, then you'll provide a much better s- space for them to thrive. Uh- Sorry, I, I have to stop. Sometimes when I go off, and am
0: just. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> you gotta... <laughs> um, I, I I mean, we we can cover so much ground on 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 all of this. So changing, um, not not changing too much, but sort of starting to um, this idea of leading when things are going wrong. I, I, it sort of encompasses a lot of the things we've been talking about. But is there? Um, what would be some of the sort of things that you would, you would like to point out for, for a leader when, when things aren't going the way they want them to? Maybe Dale?
2: I mean, I think that it's important for, especially for leaders to understand that things aren't going to go the way they want them to. Like, we can't get everything that we want in this life in, in the first place. And if, if our expectations are super unrealistic and not shared by other people, And if we're leading with assumptions and everything that we do as well too, that like, we're going to get to this place, no matter what, then we're literally at a certain point can look back on the boat and there's going to be nobody left except for ourselves. And we're going to have to do everything, hoist stuff, row things, you know, swab the poop deck, whatever the the case (laughs) is, right? Like we're going to be doing it all ourselves at that point. and, And that's a lone wolf mentality. And who wants that in the first place? I think that a lot of people are very misguided around the idea of this identity of self. It's very important to know who you are. Knowing thyself is the only way to know thy buyer. It's the only way to have any type of awareness you know, outside of just what you prefer and what, you, and, and what makes you you. But the whole point of knowing who you are is so that you can apply it to the world, that you can apply it to people, to communities, to the legacy that you're building and leaving and not just yours, but the other people that are around you and surround you and make up your genius in the first place because you can't be good at everything. And, and the more that you try to do that, you're just faking it. And the old adage of faking it till you make it is dead and gone. we figured that out. The internet has exposed those things <laughs> where you know, we, we understand now that this person isn't who they look like they are or act like they are. And there's no integrity in that. It's not respectable to begin with. I think it just needs a new f- fresh face and outlook. And the leaders have to just step down in some cases as well too. I had a friend who's a CEO, he's in his fifties and he's been the CEO of this company for eight years and he resigned. And, and the letter was amazing where he said eight years, you know, it's like being in a political office at this point, like I could go another eight years if I wanted to, but I'm not bringing the desired change to this company that's necessary. And like reading someone saying that and taking a stand, you know, for other people, you know, based on something that harms them. You know, essentially, and makes it to where they have to go back to market. They have to find something new to do. They, because they have a family to support and provide for. But them having the confidence, knowing that in this moment that this type of leadership is what's necessary, is what will drive the ultimate success of that human being to begin with. We are so surface level in the way that we look at success. We truly are. And and so people that would you know that are in a spot where you know they're saying, I don't want it to go this way, and so I'm going to control things and send it the way that I want to. Well, trust me like i said earlier sooner than later you'll look behind you and there will be nobody left following
0: we're coming we're coming towards the end i i do want to kind of cover off this last bit um so the the listeners sort of have um things to think about like this we have kind of a um or we you guys have brought it up as we've been talking but it'd be good to kind of round off with these sort of avenues for, for coping and, and, and advice. Um, Like from my perspective and not so much from maybe around this sort of the, the going through the lows, but like I found personally, um, access to sales communities and just being able to um, feed and listen to what other sales leaders are going through has been sort of a it's been just really a really positive experience for me Um, and also having a uh, coach has been um, positive and that remains positive and keep going on that journey so there's sort of two things that I uh, sort of think about for for coping advice Um, um, Chris how about yourself
1: yeah there's a there's a couple of things that come to mind one Uh, which I always advise people doing is identify someone you work with and also outside of work who you feel comfortable and not in this blunt term but calling you out if you're not feeling yourself like have a conversation with someone and even do do it two-way and say look do you know what I'm, I'm comfortable if I if you ever feel like maybe I'm not being myself you see me on a zoom call or you know when we do get back to the office you see me in the office I'm giving you permission to to ask me if I'm okay and, and finding those people and identifying them because sometimes when people do ask you and you don't have that relationship with you or you do feel like actually, is there a hidden agenda here? You you, you become more hidden around being truly honest with yourself. So I feel like find that one confidant in work and an outsider work um, who is able to, to come to you and you won't feel that kind of defense, that ego stepping in and, and trying to put on a brave face around it. The second thing I think if people do come to you and and do want to be open and and vulnerable with you is realize that you don't have to have all the answers because you won't. And don't worry about saying the wrong thing. Cause I think the biggest thing you can do is listen. I think a lot of the time people, when they come to you and want to talk is they don't expect the answers. They just want someone who's going to listen to what they say. And, and even it's okay to be honest and just say, look, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to help you. I'm going to support you in, in trying to find them. And whether that's as a, a manager, a leader, or, you know, if you're, if you're working side by side with someone, is then helping them through that, but not re- feeling like, I need to have all the answers, or I need to divert this conversation to HR or to people straight away, because I'm not qualified to have it. Well, if they've come to you, they trust you, Mm-mm. like, build build on that first of all, and, and be that support for them, if you aren't going to be the answers for them. Yeah, that's a
3: really nice like Chris. Point, Chris, yeah, because... Like you said, I've, you know, I have heard this before. It's like, oh, well, that's a trans problem. <laughs> right. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, actually they're coming to you. Exactly what you've just said. They're coming to you. So I think the advice I would, uh, I would give is, um, around a leader, better understanding themselves and increasing their own awareness. Right of of how do they access their own mojo? What what gets them into a motivated state and high energy? Because what what that when that they show up from that place, that will automatically like influence their team to do the same, right? And then also to have their self awareness of how what's your scale of stress, right? What what are your behaviors and monitor them? And when you get over to six and you start going above six, then that's gonna start impacting your team. And can you also measure yourself? So I think the idea of having a buddy to call you out on it is awesome. I think that's a great idea. Um, but really, I think the more you can catch yourself doing it, right, that's the real power that you have. And the more you can be self-aware of yourself of when you're super, you know, with the high highs, And then, you know, the low lows is trying to find something that's a little bit more balanced, right? Instead of living between two and eight, I've closed the deal. I've hit my number. I'm at eight or, oh my God, I'm never going to make it. I'm a two, which is the highs and lows of sales. Right. I mean, I've been there. I remember the first time I didn't hit target and I was told to worry about it because I'd always hit target. I was literally destroyed me, my self-worth, my identity, everything was attached to my number so of course with no number i felt like there was no nothing it was horrendous so you know it's that it's that balance of actually getting more into the kind of you know the four to the six the four to the seven what does that feel like and that's probably going to be more grounded and more balanced for you then to be able to cope with you know with the more extreme situations
0: thanks laura and dale
2: i like everybody's answers, but I I think I go back to the idea of the identity behind community and accountability more than anything. Um, I like the relationship with self to be able to be aware enough to be able to sit back and say like, yeah, I'm in a bad spot, (laughs) right? Like I recognize that (laughs) where I'm at right now, like needs a gut check. I think there's a lot of humility in that, but I think it puts us in a vulnerable state and that's what we're afraid of as leaders. When I lost my dad in 2016 to cancer, that was the only thing that I had left that was leading me in the world at that point. I had felt that I had kind of risen above anything else and that that was the only man that could really understand me and that could really motivate and push me to the levels that I had gotten to, which was selling copy machines and making half a million dollars doing it and a year, right? And, I, and to me, it was wild, but, but when he died, I thought, this is it. It's all over. And But what I recognize is that my dad empowered me to be a guy that could cry, to be a guy that could be vulnerable, to be a guy that could sit back and understand what it is to be a true leader, which is to be a servant and and to understand that what we do in sales is not to have somebody else pay us money to provide them a, a product, but to serve them, to be able to benefit their business, to be able to take them to another level as well too. The intrinsic value that we truly bring to each and every deal and not just the value of our product. And, and so for me, it's it's always kind of just been an easy place because when I feel like I'm getting a little too far one-sided and a little too selfish or, or, or getting to that place where I know I'm in a bad spot, I'm going to drive people away that I can go to my community and that I do have that kind of, accountability and I like what you said about having a coach and you know having a place that you can you can go to from a community standpoint as well but that's what the sales rebellion is and it's all about you know why we created it in the first place because I've dealt with this my whole life and we need change uh, not in the entire sales world there's some great sales leaders right here on this call right but it's it is there is a lot of horror stories out there there's a lot of people struggling and there's silence about all of it so it's time for people to speak up more so than anything else.
0: Thanks for sharing that Dale um, and I don't think I'm going to top that with any sort of um, closing remarks but um, I just want to say thank you very much to the three of you. Uh, that was really engaging and I know it's a topic that we could continue talking for quite some time but um, thank you very much um, and hopefully all of our uh, audience and and future listeners um, uh, take note and, and learn something from that. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Thanks everyone, for that. We're out of the uh, webinar. That was good. Thank you. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed that. And uh,
3: I found that went really quick, Steve. I thought we had longer. I thought we had 45 minutes. but That was 45. In, it, half an hour? it was, was it
0: 45. Like an uh, hour? Just on f- oh, 42 yeah. minutes, it was.
3: No, we, could have, we could have spoken for like an <laughs> hour. <to> half, Good. um
0: just in terms of uh i think you've all been you all know Callum Callum will, uh do the post production and pass it out and feel free to uh, share and use the content as you wish but yeah on behalf of Ebster, thanks very much for your for your time this afternoon <laughs>